tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed. And a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Aaron, open your mind. Drink. And welcome to another fun, festive episode of Tim Fall Hat with Sam Triple. You know who I am. You know why I'm here to be. Do joining me as always is my partner in crime, the one and only XG in the place to be. How are you, bud? Good, good, chilling, chilling, like chilling. Little studio. Yeah, we got in this little thing. It's a, it's time for an emergency podcast, emergency. emergency Epstein podcast in studio. Is one of my favorite people. Uh, even though he's canceled on me twice, he's <laughs> promised not to cheat on me again. Uh, he is joining me, and he's just moved to LA and he is crushing it. He's got a new show, which is his old show that's been repackaged as new show, Tim Dillon, everybody. Yeah, Tim Dillon show, and uh, it's great to be here. I almost canceled as a bit because yeah. I thought it would be funny to just be do consistent. it the third time, but I figured I would just come. I love it. You yeah. are loving, I think, LA and you are having a romance right now. Well, I mean, we're, things are good. You're dominating in your small time here. Well, perhaps. How long do you start bitching about New York City comedy, bitching about L.A. comedy? How long till that? Soon. I mean, Soon. I, I don't care about New York at all. I think it deserves another 9-11. <laughs> I said that as soon as I got passed at the comedy store. Everyone there can burn in hell. And, yeah. you know, I've made my choice. Welcome to Mecca, my friend. Yeah. And joining us in the top of the screen here, uh, he is, man, his website is blowing up. He's the Info Warrior. Uh, please welcome Jason Burmese, everybody. How are you, dude? I am very good, and I am very happy to be back on the Tinfoil Hat Podcast. Your audience was very generous after my uh, first appearance, so thank you very much for having me back, Sam. Generous, you mean in money? Where's my 10%? <laughs> I would say in subscribes, but who knows? Maybe I got a couple donors no, that's out there. Great, dude. Foil, foil, bro. Tinfoil hat fans, like uh, I had the uh, Christian whistleblower on. He said he got about 5,000 uh, subscribers oh, when he was shit. on the show. Yeah, I am a generous man. And uh, even though I've been called, and I want to talk to you about this, uh, Tim, <laughs> I've been called a gay Zionist shill many times and i just want to make it clear i am not a gay zionist shill i am gay for zionist okay right. like i am straight for everybody but judic put a little hot sauce on it let me make some love yeah. that's what i'm into now you being gay yeah do you get like oh you're a straight zionist shill <laughs> you're like this dude wants a family i don't get wants to get married yeah. and have kids i don't get zionist shill a lot i mean i think i've got it a few times it is kind of funny um Christians have made a lot of money from war. Yeah. So have Jews. I mean, that's that's really Everybody the response. Has. It's really the response to that is that uh, there's no shortage of fundamentalist Christians in this country that have made a lot of money on going to war. Yeah. I mean, like, dude, at the very top of every single one of these religions are all pretty much the same people. Yeah. It's all these dark arts, black cube dudes. When you find out Queen, Queen Elizabeth says she's related to the prophet Muhammad, it's like, what are we doing here? 
I mean, right. it is a giant game. Now, you've been in InfoWars, Jason, and you've done all that stuff. Do you ever get any of the uh, Zionist shill super bisexual shit? Oh, man. Are you kidding me? I'll tell you what. Well, here's a great story. For when, when I was working at InfoWars, it's got to be like 2009, 2010. I was working on Invisible Empire at New World Order Defined. And I remember, you know, people would send me stuff or whatever. They would come to P.O. Box and then they'd bring it to the studio. And I got a book that I kid you not was called Race Trader. Oh, and it had I've a, jerked off of that porno before. <laughs> oh, my God. I, it had a cartoon stereotypical, you know, banking Jew from like the early 1900s or 1800s. And I'm like, what in the world is wrong with people? And then I had... Um, during like my info warrior stint there i had somebody call in at the end of a great show i actually had bill burr on the show earlier in the day which was an awesome guest especially for the time this is like 2009 10 like i said and uh somebody calls in and they start going off about how isn't it funny that the jewish people own 90 percent of the media and i stopped him and i went a little you know off i'm just like first of all uh, the Jewish people really don't own anything. That's like saying the Italian people run the mafia or the American people run the CIA and the NSA. Um, you know, it's it's ridiculousness. Are there Jewish people in entertainment? Sure, but there's plenty of other people in entertainment. When I think about even the MPAA, uh, Jack Valenti, who headed up that organization for years, had all sorts of CIA intelligence contacts. And he was actually on the plane where they swore Lyndon Baines Johnson in after JFK was assassinated. That's the type of connections that you see in the entertainment world in the upper, upper echelon. So it always upsets me when people try to play the race card. So yeah, man, I'm a Mossad agent. I'm a Zionist shill. I'm a crypto Jew. I'm all of it. And on the other side, when I do uh, expose actual Israeli involvement, because let's be honest, they're part of that Anglo-American military industrial complex right. with Saudi Arabia. They have those same interests, right? Now, you know, it's on the other side. Oh, I just... You're an anti-Semite. So you can't win by telling the truth at all. You're going to get it both sides. You just really can't. You really can't. It's unbelievable to me. Like, and it's all the same people, and it's just all meant to get us to fight with each other. But we decided what we want to talk about is an emergency Epstein podcast. Uh, people have been demanding it. They've been demanding me doing it with both of you guys for me and XG to get you guys on the show. So I said, let's all do it at one time. Uh, we had an amazing moment, August 10th. <laughs> Uh, it was the biggest red pill moment in the history of red pills uh, uh, in conspiracy. JFK that, was pretty big, but for our generation. No, but like, but I don't think anybody was red pilled. They all believed that it yeah. was the official story. Yeah. Like, we've had these moments where, like, America was wrong. Well, most people didn't, actually. I think right after JFK happened, most people leapt to the idea that it was probably some type of conspiracy. And then... You know, as people get beaten down, then it's kind of like what just happened right now. Where it was like, like you said, first 48 hours, everybody's like, this is fucked. Yeah. Something's wrong. And now you see people being like, okay, come on. It's fine. Dude. He killed himself. Real Housewives of Orange County is on. <laughs> right. Can we move on to important <laughs> shit? Right. Look, I was young when 9-11 happened. Did you guys think it was a conspiracy? Like. Right after? Yeah, I was way, I thought yeah, the instantly. moment I heard about it. I, I didn't know. I mean, I was in 10th grade. I didn't know. I think it took a while uh, for me to start questioning things and going, you know, what's happening. I was just like, how much money do we spend in the military? And some dudes who lived in a desert flew a plane into a building with precision. I was like, 
Of course it was an inside job. Now, I wanted to ask everybody, uh, where were you guys when you found out Epstein died, Jason? Um, I was getting uh, text messages in bed. I, I literally I decided I was going to sleep past 9 because I think it, it's the news broke like 840-something. And I had gotten four text messages uh, from people. I'm like, what's going on? And then as soon as I saw it, I literally did a broadcast as soon as I got coffee at like 10 in the morning and then went deeper later in were the day. Were you still in your pajamas? Like, that'd be great if you were in like a onesie. <laughs> like some Fruvaloom onesie, like maybe a superhero, Superman, uh, Fruvalooms, and you just were like talking about jet. How long did it take you to get rid You got shout, shit showered, shaved, right? I mean, honestly, when I, I no, I didn't, I didn't bother with any of that. I think that I, I think that I got up. I saw that I was like, no, this can't be real. I read the story. I don't even know if I got the deuce in. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I, uh, I washed my face. I threw on, uh, I threw on a shirt. I went to go get the coffee. I read what I could as I, as I waited down there. I did a quick broadcast because it was so unbelievable. I mean, come on, man. This is. First of all, I couldn't believe the first suicide attempt. I know we're going to get into the entire timeline, but just that that was allowed to happen with literally the most high-profile American citizen prisoner, not of our generation, of all time. More money than any of the other players out there. Even when he said he was worth, what, $560 million, the judge did not believe it, had contacts that spanned over three decades to some of the most powerful players in the government, in the entertainment industry, in the arts world, in the fashion industry. It comes out that, you know, uh, before this, that he has intelligence connections. The, the walls are starting to crumble. And you don't have a $40 body cam attached to this motherfucker? Are you kidding me? That doesn't have a Bluetooth? I mean, that at the very least. Number one, what's it cost? You know, I ran a bar. cost about $200 for an 8-cam DVR How much system. was a lap dance? This guy... Give me a fucking break. I can't name another high-profile prisoner at all this country has had other than maybe Manuel Noriega, who allegedly was also running a blackmail operation. He was supposed to be out years ago, and that motherfucker's still rotten in prison. So that should show, this should really show people that there is a predator class and there are tiers of justice that are doled out to people of power. And uh, we don't get justice in this country. Uh, I think the closest thing we've had to this, and it played out almost exactly the same, was JFK with Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah. I mean, they killed that dude right there in front of everybody. Well, this is also, you know, I mean, I found out I was in bed too. I was getting a lot of text messages. I did an emergency podcast with a journalist named uh, Whitney Webb, who's yes. been writing really cool articles about this for Mint Press News. Com, and she has a four-part series about Epstein and about uh, his intelligence connections and about his underworld connections to gangsters and stuff like that, too. And the mega group, which is this you know, huge uh, uh, Israeli group of you know 30 or 40 billionaires that are very powerful. And all of the connections, it's, it's an amazing you know, uh, piece that she's got out if you want to read that on mintpressnews.com and i had her on the show um but and my friend nick mullen who shall come town had, had taken a look at this in a very <laughs> funny way i kind of reached out to him i get my news from come town yeah we were all we were all shocked but like you're not shocked if you were familiar with something called the franklin scandal which happened in the late 80s early 90s where you had a very similar thing, Interstate Pedophile Network, a guy named Larry King, who was a very powerful guy, rising star in the Republican Party, friends with Maureen Reagan, sang the national anthem at the 1984 convention, okay? Um, you know, 
in order to make that not come out, in order to uh, basically uh, hide that from public view, you had two grand juries in Nebraska that had to find that all of these kids were lying. And also you had to... Um, you had to stack bodies. Yeah. You had to kill people. So yeah. Gary Caradori, who's the investigator, who supposedly got some of these blackmail photos because we all know the sexual, you know, it's a sexual blackmail op. You know, his plane broke up with his son. Uh, the girl that was char- you know, this girl that was charged with perjury, thrown in solitary confinement for two years, who was really telling the truth, completely evil. Her brother ends up getting killed. Like you, so if you if you're familiar with this stuff, they will stack bodies, and this stuff can never come out. And I think it's because. If this is ever proven, if they'll do this, if they'll, you know, allow the abuse of children to acquire blackmail information, you look at now everything differently because you're like, well, what won't they do? And oh, the yeah. answer is nothing. Nothing. When yeah. you're hurting children like that, for right. sure. And it is a, uh, it is all about a Mossad honeypot controlling uh, all these like powerful politicians is everybody controlled? No, are certain ones controlled? There are people in Washington D.C. that you never hear of that have no power because they're not really the ones playing ball. It's these people constantly in front of the camera. They're always making these weird decisions, and you're like, "What the fuck's going on?" Well, you realize that they have this kind of that, dude. There's goods on them, and that's what this deep fake shit I think is all about. Is like they're trying to condition us that if these videos come out, these are all deep fake videos. Brian Monarch himself is single-handedly helping the fucking Zionist by putting out all these Joe Rogan uh, <laughs> deep fake videos with him, Brandon Schaub, Theo Vaughn. I'm joking, but that's what this thing's coming out. Like you have everybody talking about, ooh, these deep fake videos. Who knows what they're going to do with them? I know what you're going to do with them. You're going to tell us when the, if these if these videos ever come out. That they're deep fake videos, that those aren't their real faces, that this is all a bullshit. And it's unbelievable to me that anybody thinks that this thing went down the way they said it did. Because it's like, listen, man, the guy was on suicide watch, right? They tried to take him out before, from what we're told, which was actually during the uh, blackout. That's what I was told. During the blackout, that's when they really tried to take him out. And you remember, everybody was joking that, oh, man, they're probably trying to kill Epstein. And that was a running joke. And here it was that they did or they were setting something up for him to go. Um, And then they got him. I mean, like, how is that possible? How do you think? I mean, like, do you think he's dead? I think he's dead. I think that um, he was either told to kill himself, which uh, potentially... He could have killed himself. I mean, the idea that he was allowed to kill himself would also suggest, you know, that was the uh, first attempt. The so, first attempt could have been himself. Yeah, he, I mean, didn't, he didn't capitalize. I on mean, it. I think the second attempt could have been himself too. I don't know if he was murdered or if he was told to kill himself. But again, the idea that he was allowed to shows a level of complicity. I mean, that becomes the problem, right? He's not allowed mm-hmm. to go to the grave with all these secrets. You know, I mean, this is essentially his second plea deal. His first plea deal, he didn't have to inform on any co-conspirators. He, he went to nothing. some, you know, uh, you know, uh, minimum security lockup, you know, club fed prison. He was allowed to leave every day to go home to for go to work. Hours, Dude, he was uh, he got convicted of sex offense and he was banging chicks while on probation. <laughs> right. The cops said, "Oh, he bring chicks in and bang them." Right. So I think I, I don't know what happened. It's very hard to know. Not to uh, talk about just that, but now there are reports that the last person he was with was an attractive young female locked in a room two hours for two hours. 
just before this last quote unquote suicide after uh, the documents come out. Now, what I'd love to do is get a whole timeline of just before Epstein was arrested and then right. kind of events into that first suicide attempt and uh, and then the, the second successful suicide Let's attempt. By the way, I thank you for bringing up the Franklin scandal. Uh, that's a huge scandal. In fact, the people you're talking about, Troy Bonner no longer with us, yep. Paul Benatch, yeah. uh, Elise Owens, that went all the way to another lobbyist, Craig Spence, who yeah. had all these card receipts and was talking about these call boys uh, being a run in D.C. And then you also had Barney Frank, who was running a house of male prostitution from D.C. with a guy named Stephen Gottlieb, who said that, yes, some of those people were uh, underage. And there's a four-hour uh, House Ethics uh, Committee hearing you can watch on C-SPAN. But getting back to just Epstein himself, let's look at the timeline before the arrest. Now, we know the DOJ is investigating for the Crimes Victims' Rights Act. It comes out that they're not going to be able to retry Epstein, not because that act wasn't violated, but because when they put that act into uh, fruition, it didn't have specifics on how to handle a matter as egregious as the first Epstein case. So the DOJ throws that out. I do a video. I'm very upset. Then it comes out that a judge has now ruled in the defamation cases between Ghislaine Maxwell and Alan Dershowitz separately with Virginia Roberts Guffrey, those documents will finally be unsealed. Those are the ones the Miami Herald's involved in, Cernovich is involved in, etc. Now, there's not a date set, but some of them start coming out um, in the filings over on Court Listener if you had a Pacer account, and I was going through those documents. So we find out that those are only uh, you know a week or so away, and all of the sudden, Epstein is arrested coming in from one of his European homes in France. Now, we know he has at least a London location. He's arrested at Teterboro Airport. It was the night of a UFC pay-per-view. I couldn't believe it. I went live right then just with the bits of people. <laughs> right? I, I mean, I was stunned. I didn't think we were going to get arrested. I was, I was ready for more disappointment after the DOJ. And we already had uh, Bill Barr recuse himself from that because he worked for Kirkland and Ellis, one of the firms that had uh, represented Epstein at the time. And by the way, Bill Barr, not a great guy, you know, attorney general under the first Bush, just about as deep state as you can as get, you get in my The permanent state that they talk about. Don't worry about the passing by state. It's the permanent state you have to worry about these people who are always there all the time. Well, I was joking around. I was like, you know, they're like the FBI is investigating this. I'm like, oh, great. And then it's like, who else? You know, it's like Barr is involved. It's like, who yeah. are they going to? I mean, the next thing is they're going to set up a commission with Henry Kissinger. Yeah. You know, who's there to the get Pink to the bottom Panther, of it? Yeah. Inspector Gadget. <laughs> huh? I mean, like every like every fu name me an FBI investigation that you felt worked out. <laughs> where we, um, we got to the bottom of what yeah. happened. The uh, arson. Yeah. The uh what was the uh, powder? Uh, the anthrax. Anthrax yeah. scandal of uh, 2001. That or was the a Boston Marathon bombing where they're like, we don't know who these two guys are. And then Russian intelligence is like, yeah, you do. We told you about them. And then the FBI is like, all right, our mistake. We do know who they are. And then it comes out that, you know, very possibly the FBI had recruited them as informants, you know? So let's not forget. Yeah. That in that case, my man, they had one of their associates who was a low-level MMA fighter, and the FBI had been tracking him. All of it's documented, yeah. and he was also an informant for them. They were uh, interrogating him, and somehow he ended up with a bullet in his head. Yeah. The yeah. And then they're 
internal report said that he was either reaching for a gun or attempting to stab one of the officers. And they interrogated him, by the way, in his apartment instead of picking him up and taking him to an FBI office. Like, it's crazy. It's a, I, I, everybody's goldfish. I call them Nemo. They're all just Nemo, and they just remember what's in front of them. They don't remember every single investigation. I mean, like, Mueller is the guy who did 9-11 and railroaded that whole thing. Right. So you have any fa- – dude, what's going on with Vegas? Is that still an investigation? No. I mean, the biggest shooting ever in the history of this country? Nothing. The FBI was there. Then there are vans there. People like vans were already there when it was going down. Yeah. Jason, what do you think happened to Epstein if you had to kind of – and why do you think Ghislaine Maxwell is it an In-N-Out burger <laughs> in Studio City other than the fact that it is, you know, tasty? Uh, yeah. All right. So, again, a lot to unpack there. We're only really at that first arrest, right? Right. Because after the arrest, that's when the media storm hits. And that's when people like Vicki Ward, who were saying they were trying to report this back in 2002, 2003, start getting traction in the media. And that's the first hint, other than the alternative media saying, you know, he was a Mossad op or a CIA guy, that he was connected to intelligence. Now, Before she can drop the next truth bomb, that starts going around the sphere so that Acosta, now getting pressure, has to go out and give a press conference. This is the pre-resignation conference. During the conference, he's asked twice about the intelligence connection. He can't answer, and he says, well, don't go down too many rabbit holes and be careful what you believe in the reporting. The next day, he's resigning. That very day, (laughs) Vicky Ward talks about his connections to Adnan Khashoggi, so important. Adnan Khashoggi is the man that facilitated the arms deal during Iran-Contra. and they're all connected, dude. It's unbelievable. Well, if he was doing – listen, let's say he was in business with Khashoggi. People were saying one of Epstein's main things was he's able to get money back from people. Well, people don't know that Prince Andrew is also their leading arms dealer in the U.K. as well. So maybe he's – Oh, go check it out. 2017, big Saudi arms deal. 2011, big Saudi arms deal. So this guy is connected to not only pedophiles, but arms dealers on top of that. Khashoggi basically got the weapons uh, from Poland and Czechoslovakia. He then sold them to Mark Rich uh, through the Israeli Mossad. Israel would get those weapons. They would ship them down to the Contras. The Contras are now armed. We, the CIA, would take the cocaine and ship that up into Mena, Arkansas, and Florida. We'd make money there, and all the money would be laundered through a place called BCCI Banking, which was also funding the Bin Laden Network and the Mujahideen. Yeah, BCCI is like the largest money laundering, money washing, money clearing, however you want to say it, operation in the history. And nobody has any fucking clue what it is, really. You know, people talk about Enron, they talk about WorldCom, they talk about Global Crossing, they talk about any of these things. Nobody talks about BCCI, ever. Dude, and it's so funny, because recently all these banks stopped taking porn star money. Yeah. Like, there's some moral stand on that one. Yeah. It's like, you're taking, like, pedophile arms dealers. I know. Like, you know, you ever done a gig on the road, you're like a Friday night in a mall, and you're yeah. like, and the crowd, you know the crowd's just gonna suck. Yeah. They just haven't gotten you all week, and you just look into the mirror, and you're like, man... Have I made some bad life decisions? Yeah, like, I if was, you're a pedophile yeah, arms dealer, yeah. do you ever look yourself in the mirror going, 
I mean, like, my brother is a fucking school teacher, yeah. and I'm banging kids and selling arms to leftist gorillas. Like, what have I done with my life? Well, nobody wants to be a school teacher. No, okay, so let's, right, get right, right. let's get real. Let's get real. You're getting calls. Uh, hey, can I yeah. get in the business? You're hanging out with the Clintons, and you're fantasizing about being your brother who's <laughs> fucking teaching sixth graders? No. Um, so that first arrest, I mean, the, the, the he's rearrested. He's brought into... You know, Metropolitan Detention Center, which is a, a very secure, that's where they they house El Chapo. It's in the Southern District of Manhattan. I know exactly where it is. I walked by it uh, while he was in there. We made a video kind of outside of the, the you courthouse. You made a video with El Chapo? No, we made no. a video where, where outside of Epstein's house. It was a lot of fun. Um, what do you think, how, when he's rearrested the second time, from do you think from the moment he's rearrested, the hourglass gets turned over on on his life? I mean, it seems like it has well, to be. Time, bro. First, they try to put him in Gen Pop, which is just unbelievable, right? Again, right. we talked about high, how high profile he is. That doesn't last long. Then everybody assumes because he's in the special housing unit that he's alone. It's not until this first suicide attempt that's still in question, right, that we even learn that he has a roommate. Now, some really interesting things about this roommate. Now, uh, Nicholas Tartiglione, he's an ex-corrupt cop. He is being tried for a quadruple murder and a bad coke deal. Not yeah. the best guy. Juiced to the tits. Oh, now, yeah, dude. That, that guy looks like this a fucking bouncer at every strip bar that if you just look the wrong way, he's just looking to smack the fuck out of you. Dude, uh, exactly. So he's a very physically intimidating guy. He actually is in a physical altercation about a year before Epstein gets there in that same wing of the prison where nobody's really reprimanded. He claims that somebody tried to hit him in the head with a sock and lock, uh, the old prison trick. But in the weeks before Epstein getting there, about a week before, he gets caught with a, uh, with a miniature cell phone that he's making phone calls and text messages from. Those things alone should let people know, number one, it's co corrupt as fuck there. All right, yeah. if there's beatings happening in the special housing unit, you know shit's going down. Number two, he smuggled in a cell phone. Shit is getting smuggled in there. Literally so now, shit. It's got shit on it. That's how he smuggled <laughs> it in there. It, it could be. Now, we've had a lot of people come forward saying they were Gotti associates. They were inside. There's no way he could have done this. There's one that claimed they saw Bill Barr at the prison after this first suicide attempt. That could be disinfo, but it's out there. But most people agree uh, a suicide by hanging, even not on suicide watch, right, would be impossible. So what happens that first time? I think that you can kind of guess, but if he's in there with Tartiglione and he gets left alone, number one, that's suspicious. Number two, Epstein's notorious at this point. And if they say, if you know some of these NYPD guys that have supposedly seen Anthony Weiner's laptop and it's as bad as you don't think, think that's possible. I mean, it is kind of crazy. It's very possible, and if you don't think that a couple guards that have daughters that are 12 and 14 years old are going to take Mr. Epstein to that same place where maybe Tartiglione got into a physical altercation and let their boys run a little game on him, and, you know, it wasn't just a choke and maybe he was held down and sodomized, I don't know how many 66-year-old men are going to take that every day after they've been uh, a billionaire for 40 years and get everything they want. I mean, how strong is your will? I know if I'm being raped uh, on the daily and they're saying, hey, we're going to give you an opportunity to end it. So maybe that's a possibility. I think we have to look at everything here. Now, there's also the possibility that he just got the shit beat out of him, right? 
that or they tried to kill him and it was unsuccessful. We don't know because we don't have cameras, which doesn't make sense in 2019 when literally you know, dude, it doesn't make sense in logic in 2019. It makes complete sense. I mean, where have we had cameras? Uh, Where have we had cameras? There's a video in the Chopper Woods man fucking leaving his jail, and that's a Mexican jail, and they got yeah, cameras. That's a, that's a, we're talking about. <laughs> there's a camera though. How does yeah. he not have a camera? Yeah. Well, dude. Well, that's that's El Chapo in uh, Mexico, because nobody cares because he's gonna get out because even the highest person there, what, what the Mexican president got busted with a giving getting a hundred million dollars from the mob out there. Yeah. there nobody's stopping. I can't <laughs> believe they just didn't let him walk out. But here in America, we've seen it. What? Nine 11. Like where were the, where, where were the cameras around the Pentagon? Then yeah. we got the Vegas shooting. Where were those shootings? Walmart. Uh, where uh, Parkland. Uh, where was uh, the shooting in the, uh, in Vegas? Where were the shooting? It? Where were the c- cameras in, in uh, this El, El Paso Walmart? I mean, just every time there's no cameras anymore. Well, so Sam, this- let me say this. You know, I think it was really telling, especially with the El Paso and Dayton events, right? Now, with the El Paso one, we're still asking questions. I've done videos Are on several. I feel uh, like everybody moves on. Well, Parkland's another one I did a lot. I'd like to do a follow-up video, but it's called Parkland Code Red. It was only on BitChute. It's about an almost 30-minute documentary that still, I think, stands up and asks some real questions. But look at Dayton, for instance. All right, number one. Dayton lasted 30 seconds. Why? The police uh, response was real. They were prepared. And this person wasn't. He was a real nutty shooter who now we know 100% was on psychotropic drugs like I predicted. He was obsessed with death. He scared the shit out of his school so much that he was suspended for having a rape and kill list. And when they brought him back the next year without telling the students, a third of them left that school. All of that stuff is completely underreported. Now, what else happened there? is the police got it right. Not only did they take him out, but within 12 hours, we had a press conference where they showed the video from several different angles, which is everywhere, because we live in a CCTV camera society on a bar strip, and put no doubt as to what happened there. This guy sprayed a crowd, got a bunch of kills. The police responded almost instantly. Where is this? He was on psychotropic drugs. He gave every fucking warning sign. He had no business happing that. And What's, the police oh, got what out. What shooting is this? Dayton. Dayton. This is Dayton. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Go on. Dayton. Sorry. Yes, Dayton. Now, you so, did yeah, something I'm, on the Parkland shooting, Jason. Did you I'll ever look you into... Um, do you ever look into the fact that, like, multiple witnesses, once again, they said they saw men and, like, well, this one was police in armed, like, uh, in, in armor with a gun they've never seen before. With And then there's a video of four cops with a bag, like, duffel bags running out the back of the high school, throwing their bags in the back of a truck. I've seen that. I would go away from that. But this, you want real Parkland questions? Let's first associate Parkland with Dayton. Something they don't talk about. We talked about the psychotropic drugs, right? We talked about the fact the FBI had been called on both of them, that they had had lists to kill people, et cetera, et cetera. They were also both JROTC. So that's the program where they get kids to kind of get indoctrinated in the military and possibly sign up when they're 18. Oh and they do training. So both JROTC, if you watch my Parkland Code Red documentary, which maybe I'll tweet out to you so you can check it out. But one of the things that really bothered me about Parkland was they denied anybody was killed on the third floor for the longest time. Now, the third floor is where not one but two teachers said that they saw this person who was not only armed but in full gear and in a mask. Now, apparently that's not part of the official version. I know that there's been more videotapes uh, that have been out there. I have not seen them. 
Now, if you listen to all the police scanner audio that was out there, and I put this all in the thing, um, you know that one of the people was uh, reported to be in their JROTC uniform. So there's a second person, not in the body armor, in the JROTC uniform. Then you have Cruz himself. Um, I don't know exactly what happened there, but it took a long time for them to even acknowledge deaths on the third floor. We had multiple students talking about multiple shooters. We had more than one student talk about that. And then um, we have confirmation on that person in the mask. I don't think we've been told the, to the full truth on that, especially with the drills that were going on that day. And there's even some evidence that uh, Nicholas Cruz may have been in the school earlier that day to place the backpack that they found uh, on the third floor. So Parkland Code Red, it's not on YouTube. It's hard to find, but it's on BitChute. And uh, a Do lot of you, those um, have anything about that that girl who was like, hey, I he was walking with me when we heard shots. Mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. I, I mean, again, um, it's similar to the woman who said that she saw a team of three at El Paso or Sally Algamed who said that there was a team of three in the, uh, what was it, the San Bernardino Dude, shooting. Dude, I watched you that know? happen in real time here in L.A. I watched it happen on the news. All the witnesses were like, four guys in black army fatigue went in and started shooting everybody. I'm like, oh, man, this is like the beginning of a race war. And then it moved into this Middle Eastern guy and his wife who just had a baby decided to go blow everything up. It's like, come on. Come well, on. These people were at their uh, baby shower in the weeks before. And to, I mean, I, I did a pretty good job of breaking that one down and how bizarre it was. Again, you had the woman in the office building who called live from inside the building saying she saw three different people. The woman herself, if she was dressed up, I don't know how she would have been able to fire these weapons with precision. Two, you had a store owner in that little uh, block. It was like a little plaza. Say that he saw three or four people, I believe, get into a black SUV and drive away. Again, you only had two. And then the death photo of the person who supposedly did that, you look at him, his legs are crossed, his arms are cuffed. Clearly, you can see cuff marks all the way up yeah. his forearm. Yeah. Okay, all the way up his forearm, bruises, the pool of blood in which is supposed to be coming from his head is about two feet over. And if you are grim enough to actually see his death photo, there's no doubt his head was blown out from behind at close range as he's missing about a quarter of his skull uh, in that photo. So it seems like he was literally killed execution style. If we want to get further, for some reason, they allowed the media into their – the apartment allows the media into their apartment – and they find driver's licenses and all this other oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, dude. That was so shady, dude. It's so that shady. I mean, <laughs> locked up, right? There was a ton of evidence still there. And they want us to believe that the FBI did a thorough investigation. And you've got ID cards lying there on a couple that is completely deceased at this point. Made no sense. Well, the other thing is if you go back to even like Son of Sam, David Berkowitz, like there's always the bold-faced name that we know. And then behind it, there's just this nefarious group of people that's enabling them, that's encouraging them, that's facilitating what they're doing. And then for whatever reason, it's always just one person. It's always Charlie Manson. It's always Timothy McVeigh. It's always, you know, and then you look back and then there's, yeah, you know, there's more to it than meets the eye in many cases. We saw that in the Vegas one. There was the uh, story that there was one guy and then... There was on all the, um, then the his, police scanners. His brother gets popped for child porn like and two weeks dropped. later. I mean, but then just, dropped. Then dropped. Wild. You know? wild and then man. you see that there's all these videos, and Jason, you might be able to speak on this better, all these videos of black figures on top of trailers 
that this is what gets really interesting where it's possible that this Vegas shooting has something to do with Epstein. So this Vegas thing goes down. We see a uh, SWAT walking through the Tropicana with a guy kind of like walking like Fred Sanford and, you know, bum, 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 bum. Bum, 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 bum. You know, like just swagger while he's with like SWAT through. And nobody knows who that guy is. Later it came out that they thought he was a Vegas detective. But it's really weird how he's walking behind these SWAT guys. And then there was a discussion that maybe this was a hit on a Saudi dude. Because the top five floors of the Mandolin Bay isn't Mandolin Bay. It's Four Seasons owned by the Saudis, which is where this guy was staying. And, uh, you know, the guy who they said did it was taking the elevators up left and right. So some people think this might have been a hit on a Saudi guy. And that is week before what is known as the Saudi Purge, okay? Where they went after all these Saudi royals and took their money. Do you guys know what event got all those Saudi royals into that hotel? It was when Saudi Arabia decided to give Sophie the Robot senior uh, citizenship. It was going to be the first time ever an AI robot had citizenship in the United States. So they made this big event that if you were a who's who of the area, you had to go show up. And they all showed up and they arrested everybody. And nobody, they turned this five-star hotel into a deluxe prison. And you were not allowed to leave till you gave up like 70% of your wealth. wealth. And like a lot of people died because right. they wouldn't do it. Right. So no, that- and European nationals in that rate too. They don't talk about that. I covered that uh, ad nauseum. And like you said, a lot of people uh, had to give up almost their entire fortune if they were lucky enough. Uh, to buy their self out in that purge. And even, I think, as far back as maybe a year and a half ago, there was even firefights outside of that hotel that weren't uh, really reported much on the media well after the Vegas shooting. Probably, uh, I, I want to say, they, you know, if they're still being held there, we're into, like, almost the two-year mark, maybe more. So, Well, there's the one guy that, like, owned Twitter, and then later on they, like, kind of freed him, and he was, like, giving interviews, but he's like, you know, he's got all the ticks. From getting like torture, just a shit kicked out of him. But this goes back to uh, Epstein because Epstein supposedly funded the whole, like, was a big funder of the project of the company that created Sophie. So now he's got his hands in this, which is just more of this, like, octopus of control that this whole group of people are. Well, I think that a lot of people that don't look very closely at this stuff would be surprised. At like, there's a term, the underworld. Everybody knows what the underworld is, but there's there's also a term that like, that it's is a great movie uh, about lichens. Yeah, it's not as widely used. Called the overworld, and the overworld is like these people that you do know who they are. You are aware of them, but you really don't have any clue what they're fucking doing. Right. Like you know, you know their names, you know who they are, you know that they control uh, major corporations, you know they're very wealthy, but you don't really know who their alliances are with. Or where they stand. And these are the people that are, for the most part, apolitical. Some of them have a political uh, sensibility. Some of them don't. And it was described to me in a very interesting way. They said, these people will all sue each other and fight each other. But in the face of a common enemy, will join together immediately and vanquish that person. And as soon as Jeffrey Epstein got arrested... That becomes a potential enemy, and then you have everybody trying to get rid of you, and good fucking luck. So here's my thing. So everybody is putting this on the Clintons, that the Clintons 
were so powerful that they were. Well, able I'm to doing get... it. It's a lot of fun, Sam. <laughs> and if you don't like those fucking memes, you're out of your fucking mind. <laughs> it's a lot. Imagining Bill and Hillary. <laughs> this is their last kill. They're getting older. It's their final kill. Oh, your tweets and, are great. And they're dude. sitting together and they're having breakfast. And they're just enjoying the news coverage. If you cannot enjoy that, you are dead inside. You see the videos of them? Yes. Uh, the next day? It's hilarious. Like, like, like they just had a grandchild. They were oh, so too much <laughs> excited. <laughs> too but much my fun. whole thing is that, you know, Epstein is a narcissist. Uh, this guy got out of this before. I mean, from all accounts, this dude is probably... Brilliant. I mean, he was teaching classes when he didn't have degrees, and people would say he was charismatic, yeah. and he funded all these these arts, you know? I mean, a broken clock's right twice a day, wanted to get everybody pregnant. Like, if this guy wasn't a blackmail pedophile, I might want to party with this guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the kind of, like, shit. He, like, he, he liked to put on some jams. Yeah, there was some murder and some sex slavery. I don't condone any of that. I think it's gross. But if we could take that out of the equation, he might, you know, it's like when Hitler's like, hey, dude, what do you think about highways? I'd be like, I know you hate Jews, bud, but that's a great fucking idea, okay? My, my point is, like, this guy was as powerful, if not more powerful, than Clinton's. Like, it's almost what you say, overworld, underworld. Yeah, I mean, he had, listen, he had a, uh, a painting of Bill Clinton in a dress in his Upper East Side townhouse, which was worth about $70 million. And a lot of people have speculated that it's almost like, was Bill Clinton Jeffrey Epstein's bitch? Like, was he... Did Epstein have a ton of information on Clinton? Now, the Clinton. What people don't understand about the Clintons and the Bushes—they're not running things. They're, they're, they're the Will working. Smith and Jada Pinkett of politics, right? They're, they're both gay and they just get together and help each other. Yeah, out. Well, Will, and, Will, up. Will and Jada he... are my uh, close personal friends. But I know, the point you guys is, meet the <laughs> sorry, but you know, uh, no, the uh, the Clintons and the Bushes—they're working for people, and the people that really run the show—you you you barely know who they are. You know, yeah, you, you you don't yeah. know you. Or, like, you don't know who they represent. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Right. Like, like we all want to go, oh, these are Jews or these are Jesuits. Like, to me, it's like, it's even, there's floors above that. Jason, you made a doc about connections, like the big names, yeah. right, that are now trying to distance themselves. Les Wexner's the one that gave him that mansion for a dollar right. or zero dollars. ten dollars. And all the you media, know, the like the Wall Street Journal just wrote an article going, Leslie Wexter, how could a man who sold jeans to women for years be bamboozled by Jeffrey Epstein? It's like, maybe it wasn't bamboozled. Yeah, maybe yeah. it's a pathological relationship with nefarious aims. Like, how the media exists solely to, to, you know, protect the powerful. And we've seen that in the last week more than anything else. The New York Times, Washington Post, Wall Street Journal are all working overtime, demonizing conspiracy theories, writing these little articles that make it feel like they're kind of like, like awake. Yeah. And then buried in the article is, this idea that like Les Wexner was taken for a ride by Epstein. He's like, I can't believe he did all. He right. got that mansion for ten dollars. Yeah, hey, but he also had a Albuquerque and Fitch that company that yeah. also had a uh, like a porn scandal. Well, yeah, yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. a well, pedophile the, scandal. Yeah, I so mean Leslie like, Wexner's attorney, who is about to testify in a money uh, in, about offshore banking, was shot in broad daylight. And Wexner was implicated in it in a police report that has been buried, and that is a fact. So, just to give you an idea of who Leslie Wexner is. Yeah, I mean, it's really... How do you recruit these girls, right? Oh, oh, you own the Limited? You own Victoria's Secret? You can get me into FIT? 
He has connections in the entertainment industry, the fashion industry, and the art world. And what girl doesn't want to be a model or an actress, et cetera, et cetera, and be Smart beautiful? Ones, and yeah. They're going to be beautiful. And flown <laughs> around the world to these places and being taken pictures, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This is how the network moved and worked. People like Wexner, Jean-Luc Brunel, and others. No, 100%, dude. And this was a game that's getting played, dude. This is how you play ball. You get allowed into this very exclusive club where you get the opportunity to get more money than you ever dreamed of, get more opportunity you ever dreamed of. But when they tell you to jump on the sword, you jump on the sword. And I think that's what you see a lot with like Nike, allegedly. You know, Nike putting out all these dumb ads about Kaepernick. You know, it's like, oh, you, you know, it's like when you believe in stuff, believe in your people, fuck white people, whatever ad they put out like that, where you know they're going to take a hit on sneakers, but they're like, hey, dude, it's your turn to jump on the sword. They just go around from different people who are all in this power thing and it's like it's your turn to jump on the sword it's your turn to talk shit it's your turn to sacrifice something and it happens all the time but what i think is like wherever the power grid is i think i think fucking epstein's just a little bit higher than trump so my point is like he had the power to do something different be like no dude you guys keep me safe I'm going to get out of here again. Well, I think Epstein was very much like Ghislaine Maxwell's father. I mean, Ghislaine Maxwell's father was a media mogul in the UK. Uh, Seymour Hersh wrote a great book basically, uh, you know, alleging and putting some really good evidence out there. It's, it's pretty much widely accepted fact that Maxwell's father, Robert Maxwell, was a Mossad asset uh, or, 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 you know, maybe an agent. But the reality is Jeffrey Epstein was incredibly powerful, but also expendable. Maxwell died by supposedly falling off his yacht and was found like face down in the, you know, Epstein got hung in a jail cell, whether it was he hung himself or something. When you play that game with these intelligence agencies, Craig Spence committed suicide. You know, you're gone. Like you don't live for many, many people do not live into their old age when you play that game. In that game. That's just the way it is. You have a good run. It's like stand-up comedians. You have a good run, yeah. and then you're out. Yeah. Now, I'm going to throw this up. Is there any possibility he is alive? Uh, listen, anything's open, right? Because when we get... All right, so let's let's get the timeline of the second suicide, right? From what we understand, he's dead between 6.30 and 6.39 a.m. That's when it's the... Initial reports that they find him in a cell. That's where we hear about breathe, Jeffrey, breathe. Now, at this point, we have to believe the story. There are no cameras, that one of the guards is not properly trained, that people fell asleep, he wasn't checked on for several hours, and that they falsified police reports. Now, again, the the last known person that I know of that Forbes uh, dot com is alleging that he was in a, a room with was a young woman that they're not saying whether she was a lawyer, an associate, an assistant. He shouldn't have been in a room with anybody but a lawyer, uh, but a young, um, pretty woman. And they didn't say how young she was. Very suspicious. So, yeah, you never heard the new hit show Kid Lawyer where they're like 12 and they got legal law. <laughs> they got their. I, with that kind of money and resources, isn't anything on the table? We're in the post-truth world. This is it. They yeah. talked about it for 2017. But 
when you can look at somebody dead in the eye, like you're a parent about to tell your child about Santa Claus and tell them there's no cameras about what happened. And he hung himself on a six foot bunk bed a day after getting off a suicide watch, which nobody expected to happen. And we still don't have the report. And his lawyers are suspect of. And by the way, his lawyers have now hired lawyers just for working on this case. Oh, so that and, is true. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. Jason. And the, even the, don't they have visitor logs in this What's prison? That? Don't they have visitor logs? We should have we should have we should have the videotape of every goddamn thing that's been surveilled since yeah. the moment he went in there. Those things last three to six months. Anybody will tell you that. Okay, right. they're not hurt for hard drive space. It's 2019. So every single person that logged in there, every single person that was in and out needs to be looked at with a fine fucking tooth comb. And I'm sick of it. We have the resources. There's a reason this guy's gone dead on an island somewhere. I believe he's dead. I mean, but again, I was the guy that said there's no way they're going to let him commit suicide. Then it then it almost happens. Then everybody's like, they're still going to kill him. And I'm like, how the fuck could they kill him after this? And he's fucking dead. So well, here's another man. thing that I think adds an interesting lo- little wrinkle to this already wrinkly-ass old man balls fucking case we're dealing with. And that is that, like, the people involved in this night and this whole whatever happened, none of them were fired. None of them were, like, arrested. Not nothing. They were just moved to other departments. And that, to me, is very interesting. Sounds like the Vatican. What? Sounds like the Vatican. That's what they do. They just, well, like, when they find yeah, out a priest or something, that's they a, just move them point, around but, and shit. But who, who's working for who? I mean, like, who's more... Like, can the president come in and do something? Or is it the governor or who's the Democrat that's working for the Clintons? I mean, seriously, why why was there not, as soon as he was arrested the first time, this was a joint NYPD-FBI investigation into his New York home. They talked about New Mexico, Florida, and Little St. James Island. Right there, the president had the opportunity to sign an executive order saying that he was going to seize all his property for law enforcement purposes because this seemed to be an international trial trafficking network, and he did not. Why is that? I would say and contend because those intelligence ties are extremely real, hence they found that passport and a hundreds or maybe even a thousand inappropriate pictures of children with God knows who in a safe. We find out the passport is from Austria. It's from the 80s. It's got a Saudi Arabian address, an alias on it. It's got stamps in Saudi Arabia, Spain, uh, the UK, and France. And this isn't an alarm bell. It's a huge alarm bell. We should be really – listen, he wants to dismantle the d- deep state. This was the opportunity. Our country fucking failed. If, now, if, if there was hold on. A- did our country fail or did the guy that everybody yeah. is convincing themselves is a white hat failed? I mean, like, well, what does this bullshit. do to no, Trump? About that, Sam. Like, that's the bullshit lie that you've been told. Guys, listen, we used to have a constitutional republic with checks and balances, a judicial, a legislative and an executive branch. This proved beyond all doubt, all doubt. We live in a predator-class-controlled military-industrial complex police state that when the stakes are too high, we are patted on the head like little children and told, nothing to see here, everything's okay. And if this wasn't an illustration of that, I don't know what is. Well, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think people need to 
to really wake up to this stuff. I mean, like, what about the uh, the picture of him at the hospital? Any anything suspect about that? I mean, am I the only one who thinks that head is incredibly huge for that gurney? <laughs> I incredibly purple. I'd say this, man, again, you know, did we get into a John Travolta swordfish type situation? If you've ever seen that movie, you know, you got Travolta playing like this high level scumbag that ends up being, you know, a government agency that'll do anything, you know, for the the project or the program, et cetera, et cetera, who appears to be dead, but at the end gets switched out. I would have never entertained that with any other case. But just like uh, Tim said, look. We got paintings of Bill Clinton smiling at you in a dress. We've got underground tunnels on an island that has an Egyptian-style temple and a giant occultic sundial on it. Yeah, what is your, in your estimation, what is going on in the temple? Have you seen the drone footage where you see the beds where it looks like there's blood on it? And why, and I just want to go back to this. Why is Ghislaine Maxwell eating an In-N-Out burger? That's, yeah, that's and, a great question. And, and who found her and why? Like, is this is a psyop? Is this meant to be them just saying we can do whatever we want? It doesn't have to make sense. Fuck you in your face. What is it? You know, the media like is playing into it, making it like this tabloid thing, like Epstein's gal pal. I'm like, the bitch is a human trafficker. Stop yep. calling her his gal pal. Yeah. Like it's a, you're reporting on JLo. It's like, yeah. <laughs> you know, so what, what the hell is going on? Yeah, no. So a serial child molester too, not just a procure, not just his gal right. pal. One that's been alleged to be with these girls as well. Procure other girls, bring them up and have them uh, procure other girls for sexual yeah. abuse. When we talk about the Rusty Shackelford footage, first of all, the name Rusty Shackelford is an alias for uh, Dale Gribble on um, on King of the Hill that he used to use. So, first of all, brilliant, whoever's doing that. Right. Second, oh. fact that we had the most in-depth investigative drone coverage of that island after his arrest weeks before the FBI raid should tell you something about how this case would, could go. Uh, more than just the dirty mattresses, because we could speculate whether those are blood stains or whatever they are, you know. Mm. Who knows? Maybe it's sweat. I, I don't know. But we can say that there were computers in a lot of those windows prior to the FBI raiding it that were not there when they raided it. And when they did raid it, Shackelford got his drone out and started following the FBI around, which should, again, emphasize what a joke our fucking system is right now. Yeah. And they put sheets in the window so they wouldn't be surveilled. Again, I'm also like, why are there mattresses in a temple? In a temple. In, in a temple with, like, pan on the outside. And like I said, that large occultic tarot uh, sundial is something to take notice to. Look, I don't like to get into all the SRA and the occultic stuff, but every time you get into these higher levels, there seems to be some weird flavor of that, right? And it doesn't stop with just Hollywood people exposing it or uh, playing up to it in music videos, et cetera, et cetera. It really goes into these billionaires and these uh, elite political figures. Jason, do you uh, have anything on the supposed uh, Epstein's plane that was still active that supposedly flew to Antarctica? Any thoughts on that? In late July. You know, I, I know there's a lot of emphasis on the fact that it seems to have the same tail number as a DynCorp plane, and DynCorp was caught up in a child trafficking scandal. Over that and actually- over again. And by the way, Trump uses DynCorp to run these uh, these border holding stations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, again, another fine part of the military-industrial complex that when Donald Rumsfeld 
who uh, was the Secretary of Defense at the time, was confronted by Cynthia McKinney about it. He's like, well, I'm being told they served their time in the penalty box. See, that's the joke. They served their time in the penalty box. Nobody gets arrested. Maybe a fine is paid and everything is pushed to the side. They can't trade there, et cetera, et cetera. The system works differently for you and I than those that get busted with 20 tons of cocaine on a J.P. Morgan ship. Connected what happened to, a- to that coke? Like, where is it? X, she wants to know. <laughs> that's a lot that's 15,000 plus kilos XG I don't know bro. I don't know <laughs> I get rid of hey dude I'll do that one George Perez show <laughs> listen my point being that this stuff is so outwardly in our face it's not just Epstein I hope that this Epstein case is where people start paying attention more. Talking about Ghislaine Maxwell, it is a crime that she's not being jailed, especially with the release of these documents where she is his main co-conspirator. But we do have to ask, are we getting fucking played? It took forever to find her. We found out she was at a uh, uh, elementary school talking to children just in January. What? Promoting her fire. Yes, promoting her environmental group that's going to save the fucking world. So she's out and about. Oh, then she's we find doing out all that, the deep state shit. I mean, it's you could go look it up. I covered it this week. But then she supposedly outed on the East Coast over by Boston with some tech millionaire. Uh, his wife and kids moved out. They deny it's a romantic relationship. And then all of a sudden we get what almost looked like an opportunistic staged photo of Ghislaine Maxwell reading a book called For Honor, The Lives and Deaths of Secret CIA Officers. I mean, you can't make this shit up. She's not in jail. She's reading some kind of spook book. I mean, did they make it up, though? That's the whole thing. And then she reviews it on Amazon. Supposedly she reviews it on Amazon. Did you see the review? I've debunked that. Number one, uh, when you look at the picture, uh, supposedly it's posted the same day as maybe the picture was taken, maybe on the 13th or 14th. I think that gets posted the 15th, the same day as the thing. I know it's a... It's like a, a verified account, but you can change your name on it. And if you look, it was for the ebook purchased. And if you look where she was in the book, she had about three quarters of that thick ass. Here's the other thing, though. Epstein ordered a lot of sex slave books on Amazon. I, it's very weird. I, so I mean, it does I, lend credibility. So who's ever playing these games? Either we're being trolled for fun, for whatever. I think when you have a situation like this, and you guys know this because you made a documentary what 19 years ago. When did Loose Change come out the first time? Um, it's almost the 15th anniversary, and actually I had Dylan on my show a couple uh, a couple of times over the last month kind of reminiscing about those days when we put out the second edition. Yeah, the good, the good old did we attack ourselves days. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you guys know, look at that 9-11 truth movement, right? Look at how polluted it got, and look at how wild it got. This is, you know, you're almost like, the amount of info that gets, whether it's disinfo, bad info, unverified, it makes this whole, you know, toxic soup where people just check the fuck out. And then in six months, people are like, there'll be a guy being like, there never was an Epstein. He never existed. And then people will be like, oh, I'm done with these conspiracies about this. It, 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 I think part of that is by design. I think part of it is organic because it's a crazy fucking country. But man, if I was in charge, I would be so thrilled that the people that I was up against, uh, many of them are so unserious and they're just going to put out so much info that's you know, easily debunked and it's going to pollute the whole thing and people are just going to get frustrated and, and look away. 
You're right. I mean, it's already out there. Epstein never existed. I've seen it. Instead of focusing on the fact that we now are verified that he was a trilateral commission member from 1995 to at least 2008, maybe 2011, a member of the CFR, a buddy with Larry Summers, connected to Harvard in all sorts of ways, giving out to charities, including Elton John's charity, hint, hint, including a charity that put young girls to camp where he had his own private cabin. I mean, these are real things, and they're connected to other real people. And I think that we have to focus on that and not focus on uh, Epstein's ears or whether they got a doppelganger in there or whether he existed at all, because, again, that's out there. I mean, I've been accused of being a fucking lizard person. I've been accused of being Mark Dice back in the day. The ears tell it. He's Mark Dice, you know. (laughs) I mean, that's the kind of ludicrous shit that gets put out on the Internet, and I can't agree more on uh, the 9-11 truth movement. You really started to see the push on that in no planes and holograms and space beams and all that shit. And it really polluted uh, the movement. That's why I was trying to, in 2008, when I put out Fabled Enemies, that's why I stuck to absolutely none of the physical anomalies, but the international intelligence operation that was 9-11, the Saudi involvement, the Israeli involvement. Have you ever read a book called Disconnecting the Dots by Kevin Fenton? Are you familiar with that? Or the 9-11 I'm, timeline, uh, History Commons did this whole big timeline. I that. Yeah, so Kevin Fenton was this guy who's kind of hard to track down, but he's a UK guy. He wrote a very detailed look, which is very hard to get. Uh, it's called Understanding 9-11 Intelligence Failures. And he talks a lot about the you know, the Alexation, the Bin Laden, you know, all those guys. It's a very, very interesting book. I just didn't know if you would come across that. But I know that he was friends with the, who did the 9-11 timeline on History Commons? What was that guy's name? Paul something. Wasn't he, wasn't he uh, Middle Eastern? I, I man, I, it's I can't remember. It's not Nafiz Ahmed. That's another guy. The guy, okay. the guy. the guy who did the 9-11 History, Paul something or other. Paul Thompson, something like that. Sounds good. Paul F. Thompson. Paul, I don't think. But, yeah, I think it was Paul J. Thompson. I think you're, you're yeah, actually right. So yeah, so that was interesting. Are you guys... Now, how do you feel about things, the 15-year anniversary of the film? Are you going to do anything? Are there, is there a plan? Uh, I mean, what, what's your uh, – what, what, what do you, what, how do you look how back on that whole How about loose change cruise ship carnival style? Like right. you just go out and you get to hear from all your favorite uh, 9-11 truthers yeah. while you bang strange? Oh, yeah, that sounds fantastic. I'll tell you right now. I'll say this, man. You know that there's egos everywhere. And I try not to come at at this from an egoed perspective and just put out as much information as I can there. And that's one of the big problems with these big personalities. The other big problem is a lot of these people aren't that genuine. Unfortunately, I think it shows more and more with Alex Jones and him talking about the evil left and how leftists are going to get you and marginalizing um, even with the Epstein case, the role of Republicans or conservatives, et cetera, et cetera, what do you want to call them in that? Um, Dylan has talked about, I mean, I wouldn't be a part of it. He's talked about a possible uh, 20th anniversary, in other words, something that would come out. What on about September. an amusement park? What's that? 20, 2021. He's, we've got a lot of footage. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that never made it into the final cut or that other iteration of it. And uh, the final cut, you can you can see all my work on my on my. Uh, YouTube page, but in the playlist, the final cut is there. I stand by it today. I will debate anybody on 9-11, any debunker that wants some. Michael Shermer, Mick West, please bring it on. I still think it's the crux of the issue. Mick West, he's hit me up before, too, wanting to argue with me. I got a question for you, two real quick questions. Uh, About 9-11, where's the rubble? 
All right. So let's say this about 9-11. I stick to what I can prove. I know that you have multiple eyewitness accounts. In fact, other than Willie Rodriguez, which many people talk about, I was just uh, taking some of these old DV tapes that I had, and I've got a guy named Anthony Saltalamacia that nobody discusses, but you can see the old news reports. There are about a dozen of them. He was with Rodriguez. He backs up his claim 100% that there were explosions in the basement level before the plane hit the building. We know there were other secondary explosions there. We know that the heat signatures were higher than 2,000 degrees, according to the uh, NASA photographs. None of that would have been possible with some other type, without something other than jet fuel, right? So let's forget about the melting steel beams. If you want to look at something that was melted steel beam-wise, type in World Trade Center Cross. Clearly, two steel beams that were not attached to one another are fused together from heat. Just that alone says that they were somehow fused together with 2,000 degree plus uh, uh, temperature. There's also another person that worked for FEMA on, I believe it was the 16th you mean of the September. FEMA people that were there the day before when they were getting ready? Um, I think his name was Tom Kinney. It might have been that time. Tom Kenny was the one that went on television and said that FEMA had been there since uh, the 10th. They were running uh, an emergency drill on the pier. Oh, surprise. At time. Yes. So then you also had another member. Um, is it Peter Bukarski? Man, I hope I'm getting that right. It might not be Peter. It might be James Bukarski, but I think it's Peter Bukarski. And he talked about temperatures of, let me repeat this, 2,700 degrees on the site. It burned for weeks. You had Pataki saying degrees over 2,000. Um, you know, they have to pull that back because no matter what happened, those temperatures, and we had, uh, who was it, Ken Holden of FEMA in Building 6 talking about uh, molten Building metal drip, dripping. All of this is in uh, Loose Change Final Cut. It's out there. I've gone over it again and again. So I'm not going to say I know the method or, you know, why certain um, why certain cars were scorched, why certain things were dustified, why it looks like bu- <coughs> Building 6 had a huge scoop taken out of it, why Building 7 fell in the first place. I can tell you that it doesn't appear to be from two planes crashing into two buildings in Jeff York. Have you seen the 9-11 documentary, The New Pearl Harbor? It's like four or five hours on YouTube. It's like amazing. That one is amazing. I mean, not, I, yeah. Loose Change is great too. But the I don't know. That's small, man. And, and I've been around, you know, Loose Change – you know, that was the first one with great production value. But, you know, as much as I just bashed uh, Alex Jones um, for what he's become, he's one of the guys that really woke me up. You know, I was about six months into my investigation, didn't want to believe this. It's pre-Iraq war. And I, I come uh, across 9-11, the road to tyranny. And it was a 77 megabyte real player file. If anybody remembers what the fuck that is from the turn of the century internet. But it was really tough to watch. And I'm like hating this guy saying this can't be true. This can't be true. And this can't be true. But enough of it was that it sparked me to, you know, get involved in this project. And Loose Change was really the first viral documentary on this type of subject matter that had the production value to move truth forward, in my opinion. I think that's what its key to success was. You know, it was under 90 minutes. It had a flow to it. It was very generational. Uh, You now had the ability through Google Video, not YouTube yet. YouTube still just had 10-minute videos unless you had a director's account. But through Google Video, a competitor at the time, before they bought them out, we were able to beat the algorithm because it wasn't there. It was what everybody was watching. And people were watching that. And uh, they were spreading it. That really had nothing to do with us other than really being an organic movement of people saying, what the fuck is this? 
Real quick, uh, last question before we wrap it up. Recently, it was just dropped that uh, the possibilities of Hillary Clinton uh, setting up a an account that went straight to a Chinese uh, shipping company. And the, the way this account was set up is that every single email that Hillary would send out on this uh, public server that she was not supposed to be using would instantly duplicate to this email. Now, at the end of this uh, this report, this Glassley or Grassley report, um, he says there's no proof that anybody read them on on the other side. But the question, why is that there? When we find out that the guy who got busted uh, basically trying to bleach Hillary's emails set that up with a name that of the account of um, the Chinese company, is it possible in some weird way that this is the military-industrial complex realizing that this woman has sold them out and... And that they're pushing back. Or is that just like, fuck it. It doesn't matter. Everybody make your money and we're all going to sell each other out. Because I think this is as treasonous as treason gets. Doesn't surprise me. I've seen the headlines. I haven't looked into it. I really don't doubt it. I think that's how this uh, multinational driven world works. And let me say this. I don't think it's. Um, you know, the deep state being pushed back against. I think it's people on lower levels that are just sick of this shit that will leak that information. I think that's really where we came with the first Epstein arrest. I think it was, you know, the lower level uh, special agents of the FBI, the people in the New York prosecution uh, office that had just seen enough and are just saying, we're done with this. Even with the leaks on Google, you know, everybody's talking about conservative media, Sam, being on that list, InfoWars being on that list. But let's be honest, you know, a lot of Christian groups were targeted. Uh, MediaMatters.org, who I definitely don't agree with and is a George Soros op, they were on there. And you know who else was on there? Uh, my last employer, WeAreChange.org. None of that got any play. So I think it's just really important that not only we look at that information, but we read beyond the headlines. I do think like you just said, there are people sick of it and do look at it as treasonous, but they're the ones that don't really understand how the bigger establishment works because the ones that understand it and are sitting at the top, they aren't blowing the whistle. Yeah, because they're all compromised, bought out, or blackmailed. <laughs> you know, it seems to be that way. I think that even the ones that aren't bought out or blackmailed, they, they have their touch points. We all have our brothers, our sisters, our kids, our acquaintances, and maybe you're not compromised. But maybe your not. son is. I just play the so barbecue I'm... place. You never know. <laughs> so uh, real quick, J- Jason, please let them know where they can find you. Yeah, um, go check me out over at YouTube.com slash InfoWarrior. I'm doing three, four, five, six, seven videos a day. You Look can check you, my stuff dude. out also. At Jason Burmis. Uh, I also double cast there and uh, I'm pretty open. I, I try to get to back to as many people as possible. But we're up over 30,000 subscribers now. We're about to hit 15K followers. And uh, if you want to follow my work, it's there, man. I'm, I'm pumping out the you work. You do a wonderful job. Tim, where are you going to be? Uh, 
if you want to see me in Raleigh, August 22nd through the 24th uh, of this month. Really excited. I'll be at the Stress Factory Comedy Club in New Jersey. Uh, September 5th through the 7th, Go Bananas in Cincinnati. Uh, the next weekend, um, I believe the 12th, the 13th, whatever. Uh, Tim Dillon, Tim J. Dillon, D-I-L-L-O-N on Instagram and Twitter where we're having a lot of fun. I know that we shouldn't, but we're having a lot You're of fun. You're dominating it. We're having a lot of fun. You're really good. We just at released it. a video from Epstein's Prison Guard on <laughs> on Instagram. Who Dude. you can understand why this happened when you listen to him. I'm sure um, it's a lot of fun. Tim J. Dillon, D I L L O N, Instagram, Twitter, and Tim Dillon Show on uh, YouTube and Apple Podcasts. All that. Thank Dude, you. You're doing big things, Jason. You're doing big things, Mike. Can you real quick? I don't know if you can get on your mic. Uh, tell them where they can find any of your stuff. You're nice enough to let us use your studio. Uh, tell them either you got some shows or the studio if you need studio time, or you're just into hot gay sex and you want to hook up with you. Like, just let them know where it is. <laughs> oh hell yeah, go to uh, unfunnystuff.com. Uh, has the podcast studio available there, or Unfunny Network on YouTube. All of our stuff is there. We have a lot of uh, original podcasts out of LA and different parts of the country, all streaming on our page. So hit us up there. Perfect. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by our good friends at BetDSI. Use the promo code PUNCH25. Excuse me. Use the pro- promo code HAT100, and they will double up whatever you deposit up to $500. Use it on everything. UFC fights are great. Women's soccer, MMA, boxing, baseball's heating up. Football starting. Love John Gruden. Go there, sports show. They're our longest-running sponsors. Bet the aside, use the promo code HAT100. We have some shows coming up real quick. Uh, What's going on, Washington? We are moving it. Yeah, we're moving it. We're moving it. We don't know when it's going to be close. I think it'll be close. Saturday is going to be tough to do. We're gonna let's see if we can do it on Monday or Tuesday. Okay, let's don't know do if it. I can do that, but we'll figure we'll it figure out. We'll figure it. Well, you got comedy chaos. We'll figure. We'll do it, it out. Thursday. We'll, we'll figure. It's not a time. big deal. You're gonna, so, folks. You'll come out. Yeah, we're gonna do it. Uh, Tim got busy, so we're gonna figure that out. Uh, but we got shows coming out. We got San Francisco for Tim Fall Hat Comedy Night. Eddie Bravo, XG, myself at Cobb's. That is September seventh. 13th. 13th. And then September 20th, we're all coming back to Austin. That's right. Hopefully, Tony Hinchcliffe will be with us. Who knows what that haunted puppet's going to do. But uh, we're going to go out there. We're going to be at the stateside at the Paramount Theater. So come on, Rock. Eddie Bravo, myself, my good friend XG, we're live. And who knows what local comics will get out to come. It's going to be glorious. They gave us a great night, Friday night. I'm excited to come see you. We're about to set up Dallas again. I want to come to your town. All you got to do is hit me up. Tell me the place. Where do you think I should play? Give me a contact, and we'll try to set up. I want to come to your house and rock out. Guys, great show. Glad we could do this, and we'll all do it again soon. I love all, everybody on the show. Let's powwow all again and do a uh, swap cast very soon. Guys, enjoy your week, and we'll see you Thank all you. soon. Take care.